Welcome to another episode of the Prout Rev podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Vader Pragyananda, and we're looking at the news from the perspective of the progressive utilization theory, which is known by its acronym Prout. And today I want to look at an item in the news, which is an item that's of immediate current interest, but it's been really in the, in the um, news and the public eye for quite some time, and that is the question of migration, migration from developing countries to developed countries. In the U.S., we have the situation of people from Central America um, coming up north through Mexico and crossing into the border, and then all the difficulties um, of that migration. And in, in Europe, there's a situation of people coming from Africa across the Mediterranean and also from the Middle East, coming from um, troubled areas and and coming into the um, trying to reach the EU, so and 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 in both situations of, of whether it be from Central America or from Africa and the Middle East, people are going through tremendous hardship to uh, reach their um, hoped for um, promised land. So so it's, it's an ugly situation and. There are political opportunists all over the place, and whether it be in Europe or in the U.S., are trying to um, make, score some points from on on the sufferings of these people. So, what is the solution to um, to this problem? You know, in the previous administration in the U.S., um, the concept was, and the actual policy was, that if um, we make things so difficult and we meet it with tremendous cruelty then people won't even come. But that's really not a deterrence when people are, are forced to uh, flee for their lives and, and they, there is no more opportunity in their areas. They come regardless of um, what uh, obstacles are thrown in their path. So what is the solution? If, now there's also another, on another end of the spectrum, people would say, well, let's have an open border, but in the long run, open borders would not solve any problem because it's inconceivable to have all the people in developing areas move to the so-called developed places to seek their fortune. There are better ways to handle it. But if we want to look at the solution, we have to also look at, at the roots of the problem. And the root of the problem is twofold, is that one is there is no opportunity in, in these areas uh, where people are fleeing from. There's no economic opportunity. And secondly, there's also um, there's a turmoil, and people are also fleeing for their lives, turmoil in, in Europe, um, from, for the, from the European point of view, it's from, from the Middle East and from Afghanistan and places like that, and Syria, where war has, has uprooted um, populations, and, and in, um, from... Central America, where there has um, long been strife in those countries, and there's drug wars, and so many um, factors that make it sometimes difficult for people to even live in those places. So this this is um, the root. But then I say we also have to look into the root of the root of the problem, and the root of the root of the problem is that these areas which are in turmoil have been put in their turmoil by the very places which 
are trying to keep them out. There's been economic and political imperialism, which has uh, impeded the development of these areas. There's been colonialism and even neo-colonialism. What I mean by neo-colonialism is that, for example, Europe gave its independence to its colonies in Africa in the 1960, around, you know, beginning in 57. But many of these countries still remained under the economic thumb of their former colonizers. And in the, in the U.S. and in Central America, the U.S. has long considered Central America as a zone of its influence. That was why there was early on in the U.S. Um, history that President Monroe um, had his so-called Monroe Doctrine, meaning that the U.S. would intervene in Central America when it saw fit. And over those, with the course of years, the countries could not develop in the ways that they wanted to develop. And so this is, even though there is not a formal colonization of these areas, they're in effect under the, the influence and the yoke of the developed countries. So this is, this is really uh, one of the sources of, of the problems. And then, of course, if we look at the wars uh, that's also been, um, that exist in these countries, the drug war, why is there a drug war? Because the, of the U.S. demand for the drugs, that's why there's a problem. And in, the, and in the Europe and and its um, areas which are trying to get in, the, the Middle East and and all that whole swath from from Syria to Afghanistan, the, they didn't create those wars themselves. Those wars are, are also um, have to do with foreign involvement in them. So the solution, and we look at it now. I want to look at it from the, the Prout um, perspective, is that we should create such a situation that people would never think of leaving their home. You know, like these countries where um, people are fleeing from, wealthy uh, people from the north go there. They go, they go to Cancun, they go to Costa Rica, they go to different places. Ah, oh, it's warm, it's nice, we go to the beach. Um, yeah, these are nice places, but if, if um, there is proper development there, people will never want to go up to Wisconsin to live with, when they could have been in Mexico. So we have to provide, we have to create the situation where there is proper development in this whole world, not just in a few places of the world. And so the proud solution to that is to create balanced regional economies, balanced economies and self-sufficient economic zones. So what does that mean? That means that, you know, right now, we, we, there's a term in the U.S. we call, we, we talk about um, a developing country, we call them banana republics, because, yeah, like the Central America, uh, many of the countries just used to produce bananas, nothing else. And so many countries have been, um, have developed in such a way that only they have agriculture. There's no industry. There's, and when there's only one sector, that's why there's no economic opportunity. That's why the young people flee. 
So if there was industry in those areas, if there were different kind of services, if there were a more varied economy, there would be plenty of opportunity and people wouldn't have to flee to the north. And so, so balanced economies have to be created. And, they, and, and suppose there's one country that can't um, build all the elements of a balanced economy, doesn't have the resources for uh, in industry, then another possibility, and this is what, uh, what is advocated in this um, progressive utilization theory, is for countries to come together and form economic zones uh, trading areas, uh, um, production areas where um, they can work together. Like the, the U.S., one of the secrets of the U.S. has been, it's just a, it's a giant area with many diverse regions and, they've, and they're all working together uh, under one common um, law, basically. And that's why um, the U.S. was, a, was able to um, develop in, in such a way. It had agricultural areas, it had industrial areas, and they all on the one um, one economic zone, and that's how the U.S. That's the secret of the success. But it could also be replicated in other areas of the world. But what I've often said is that um, these things can only happen. There are two factors of it. One is we have to give it the people. We meaning people of the North have to give a chance for the people of, of the developing areas to develop. And currently, um, the situation is that globalization has become the, the, the vogue, the, the fashion, the, the, and it's even become the law of, of the world that um, countries have to specialize in, in the things that they have, their raw materials, and, and, and if they want to build a new industry, it's, it's not according to the rules of the World Trade Organization, that um, no, they, they cannot um, start a new industry and try to protect it and make it um, uh, viable. You know, they, it's very difficult. It's very difficult to do that. And I want, I'm showing my age here, but when I was younger, um, when we looked at a product and we turned it over, and it said, made in Japan, everybody would laugh at it because it was a joke. It meant a cheap imitation. But Japan was able to um, build its um, manufacturing sector and then to produce products which nobody will laugh at anymore. Same with we, we, we turn over a thing and said made in Taiwan. That was also a joke. But made in Taiwan is not a joke anymore. And, and what to speak of Taiwan, most of the things in the world are made in China. So think situation can change. So. To, we instead of free trade, we need fair trade, and fair trade means that developing areas should be able to protect nascent industries. They should be able to do that, and you know, the the developed areas can help the developing areas. There are two ways that they can help. The biggest way they can help is to take their thumb off the scale, to stop poking their nose in the lives, in the, in the development of other countries. So for the U.S., um, is, a, is, a, is a shameful history of intervention in Central America, 
even the overthrow of governments. Um, this is documented. If you want, some people will argue, but really, it's that CIA did um, overthrow a government in Guatemala, and the coup in um, Chile is um, very shady circumstances. So, governments which wanted to change. Um, Countries which wanted to make a new course of development couldn't do it. So if, if this kind of intervention would just stop and, and um, bigger countries would allow smaller countries to, to experiment and to try new ways of development, this would be the biggest um, way that they could be helped. Now, there is another way that could, that could work, too. In, after the World War II, um, Europe was devastated, and, and the U.S. did um, give economic aid. It was called the Marshall Plan, and 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 it was a, some transfer of wealth which helped um, France and Germany and and other countries and Britain to to build itself up from the um, the ashes of World War Two. If a real Marshall Plan um, were were brought about, but without strings, because often what is called foreign aid is really not real foreign aid because it's aid in the form of um, of where the, the the developing country has to is tied to the developed country and per, has to purchase so they're given money but you have to buy the things back from the developed country these kind of you know shady arrangements if 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 it's a real um, selfless or disinterested kind of giving maybe it could work but but the biggest I think the biggest um, thing would be if the, um, country, the developed countries will stop their neo-colonialism and neo-imperialism. Neo in the sense that it's not outright. Um, we don't own these countries, but we, we act as if we own them. So this, is, this must stop. And when this stops, then, then you'll see that, um, that people will, development will happen all over the world. And people will not have to go into um, a flimsy boat to cross um, dangerous waters or to, or to s put their children in the um, hands of smugglers and try to sneak them across the U.S. border. This will happen. It will happen. And it won't happen immediately because the, the forces of, um, of greed and imperialism and all these evil things are, are very strong, you know, but... But it's not going to last forever. Some years back, I wrote a song about this. It's called, I'm Waiting for That Time. And it goes something like this. I'm waiting for that time. I'm waiting for that time when we'll share the Earth's bounty fair and square and watch the world blooming everywhere. I'm waiting for that time. So that's my dream. I'm waiting for that time. So that's about all for today. Um, thank you for listening and um, come back for some more and wherever you are um, press the subscribe button so you will be notified of all of our podcasts and if you want to find out more about the progressive utilization theory you can go to our website proutalliance.org.org and if you have any questions uh, you can also send an email to info at proutalliance.org maybe we'll take it up in a future podcast and one more thing I want to uh, and f let you know about is that if you're interested or would like to know, kind of get in a, in a very brief uh, 
synopsis, a clear understanding of what the progressive utilization theory is, I recently wrote a book. It's called Proud Explained. Proud Explained. And you can get it at the major online um, booksellers or in our new um, bookstore area at the proudalliance.org website. So I invite you to find out more about the progressive utilization theory and to continue to listen to our podcast. So thank you for listening, and I hope to be back with you very soon. Thank you.